0: I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at haven. Let's get back to the show.
1: Investors, have you ever felt frustrated by your loan servicer, experienced challenging communication, or the headache of tracking taxes and insurance? Meet BiFi, a loan servicing company founded by investors for investors. With an expert team and best-in-class vendors, BiFi will partner with you to service your loan from start to exit. Visit BiFiLS.com to see how you can get started today. That's B-I-F-I-L-S dot com.
0: Hey everyone, this is Jamie with From Adversity to Abundance. Uh, just chatted with Neil Twa of Voltage Digital Marketing. Neil, Neil is a... Uh, Story is uh, a wild one. He's been through a whole lot of adversity. What I find with these episodes is the adversity we end up focusing on is primarily either financial, health, or relationship-focused. And we discuss adversity that Neil has gone through with regard to all three of those things. He went through a divorce, he went through a bankruptcy, and then he went through some very real health struggles with his... uh, Actually, his wife went through very real health struggles while she was pregnant and and had a a massive impact on his personal um, family situation and their financial situation. But through all of that, he was able to turn it around, take control, take ownership, not blame others, not be a victim. And he was able able to now grow a very profitable e-commerce business. Um, And now he does coaching and um is still very heavily involved with his own e-commerce businesses, but he does coaching and training uh, for others to show them how they can get to a point where their business is an almost, as he says, an almost automated six-figure income um, within twelve to eighteen months. So um, that's his focus. It, he's a. It was a fantastic conversation. Tons of of principles he he's learned along the way that he shares with you. Um, A lot of valuable book recommendations and, um, you know, he says he wouldn't change a thing. And so he's become the person he is today because of all the adversity and the lessons he's learned through that and the growth he's made through it. And um, he's just a a positive force in the entrepreneurial world and the e-commerce space specifically. And um, we talk about partnerships, good, bad, and ugly and how to, how to approach those in a healthy way, in a profitable way, and how Neil is really focused uh, on his business as opposed to in his business. Um, so I really enjoyed the conversation. I know you will as well.
1: Inspiring stories of real people overcoming incredible odds to live life to the fullest. We are all guaranteed to face hardships. How will we handle the adversity? Join us to be moved by everyday people who have turned poverty into prosperity, and weakness into wealth. Be inspired as these relatable heroes get vulnerable, and former counterintelligence investigator Jamie Bateman puts his interviewing skills to the test. Restore your faith in humanity as you experience true Cinderella stories of average people, turning surreal struggle and deep despair into booming businesses and financial fortune take ownership of the life you are destined to live and turn your adversity into abundance.
0: All right, here's the deal. You work hard for your money. Isn't it about time you put your money to work for you? If you are an accredited investor, check out labradorlending.com. Our Integrity Income Fund provides monthly cash flow from an investment backed by hard physical real estate. Our income fund, which is uncorrelated to publicly traded stocks and bonds, invests in first lien mortgage notes, diversified by geography, property value, and borrower type. So you're not investing in one project, you're investing in a diversified portfolio of first lien mortgage notes. Our integrity income fund aims to pay its investors monthly distributions at a preferred rate of return of 8% annually. Possibly the best part though, the fund showcases a short 12 month commitment. So you can invest your capital today and have access to that capital in one year. Check it out today, labradorlending.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman, and I'm thrilled today to have special guest, Neil Twa of uh, Voltage Digital Marketing. Neil, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me on.
0: Absolutely. No, we uh, dealt with a minor technical issue, so hopefully we can uh, overcome that. We've already dealt with uh, some adversity today. There you go. Um, so, Neil, I know you're in uh, digital marketing and you've done had a lot of success in um, generating passive, almost automated income uh, and you help others do the same. But for our audience who uh, may be unfamiliar with you, what are you up to today and, and why should we listen to you? Yeah. So in simple terms, of voltage, the company you mentioned,
2: uh, we launch and we grow uh, we make profitable e-commerce brands. Uh, predominantly focused starting with the Amazon FBA channel. Um, we also acquire and exit those brands when they mature. Uh, and so that's one of the things Voltage is primar- you know, primarily working on. It's part of a holdings company that also has multiple divisions, uh, our own businesses in e-com space, both on and off Amazon, as well as another division, uh, solar trailer division, where we're deploying uh, 12 prototype trailers into the marketplace that are five kilowatt on demand power stations. Uh, they can that's be put cool. anywhere in the field, anywhere in the world. So those are some of the things that we're working on right now.
0: Okay. So, so our listener who's, who's out there listening to you, ultimately, what are they going to get out of this episode? Before we dive into your backstory, what's, what's sure. the, uh, the value add here?
2: Well, I mean, as, as we were talking about a little bit in the green room um, yeah. before we had our technical issues, because I live in the country, uh, we had about 45 acres out here and m- one of the squirrels must have died. So the Internet went down. <laughs> so I'm operating this on my phone at the moment. Was we'll how long this goes um, <laughs> is to learn, uh, you know, that, that I was given an opportunity, my personal testimony through a number of things that to this point in life have been uh, major challenges, major issues, maybe things people are extremely afraid of. I've had to walk through that uh, both personally, financially, uh, professionally. And so because of that, it's given me a great uh, opportunity to, to speak on a variety of topics of personal experience uh, and all of those areas. And so maybe today, one of you listening to this um, might be in adversity with a family. You might be going through a divorce, been there. You might be looking at bankruptcy or the financial concerns that faced face uh, in your business or personal life because of decisions. I've been there as well. And you might be facing health or wellness concerns um, with family, personal friends, wives, husbands, et cetera. And I've been there as well and had to overcome that adversity with my family. Mm-hmm. And those are all topics of great importance to me and maybe for some of you today as well.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's not great that you had to deal with all that. But right. unfortunately, you've checked the, the all three of the the primary boxes that I yeah. tend to find with my show that uh, the kind of major pain points in people's lives tend to fall into one or more of those three categories. So they come in threes. Um, <laughs> they come in threes. Well, yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, you, you can stick with the the abundance path for for uh, the first. It's been future. quiet for
2: a while now. Yeah, <laughs> knock on
0: wood. I have something on here. It's been quiet. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Nice. So yeah. so let's jump back, and and you can start wherever you'd like with uh mm. you know maybe the first. We're going to dive into one of those three a little bit more in yeah. depth than all three. But if you could kind of just hit on those three as far sure. as what you've had to Deal with from a uh, financial health and uh, relationship uh, adversity standpoint.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's start with the relationship one because because you know you're young and you make dumb decisions and you do things in life that uh, you know beget the question. You know, if you could go back and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell you? You know, tell yourself now. Uh, sure. I would literally, and this is going to sound really odd, um, but I would tell myself, "Don't change a darn thing because mm-hmm. you're going to love how this turns out." Uh, But the guy that, you know, was in that period in storm would probably think very differently if he heard me say that because he was dealing with personal relationship issues. He found a girl at 19. Uh, By the time they were 20, he was 22. They got married uh, and then divorced by 28. So the issue in relationship to that was just growth and maturity. Um, I lived in a very conservative family, uh, which is cool because I'm now a conservative family. However, uh, their boundaries were probably a lot more strict than mine, and so when I had the opportunity to leave to go to college, I kind of let loose a little too far uh, to find myself you know uh, to go out a little too wide a little too far uh, and eventually kind of settled back in uh, to something a little more conservative. But in that place, you know the arrogance and pride and the goal and uh, drive and ambition that I had mm-hmm. personally given to me ingrained is just something that was very misplaced in maturity at a young age and because of that I took less uh time and interest in the people around me and one of them was my wife Mm -hmm. uh and because of that that suffered greatly and the self-pride and arrogance and and things that were powering that ego uh kind of left her behind to the point Mm -hmm. where she eventually stepped out of the marriage and was seeing other men on the internet and uh Mm -hmm. traveling around the country to visit them when i was traveling and i didn't know that was occurring and so that was a pretty heartbreaking situation uh, that took a long time sure. to kind of reconcile and realize my place in that, you know, my issue, my concern, what was my fault and what I did wrong mm-hmm. as a husband or a person that led to those things. And sure. really some time to really think through that and uh, adjust my thinking <laughs> considerably. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that adversity, it's led me into a deeper relationship with folks around me. Uh, mm. In life now, I value them very differently. It's the second pillar of my life fundamentals. That's fun, people and profit. We can unpack mm. that a little bit. Sure. Uh, but the value of that I see very differently now uh, through that experience that I needed to have in order to get me past that point.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's uh, I'm sorry you had to go through that. I do I'm appreciate not. I mean, well, you know, on some level I mean, it yeah. sounds like you've you've recognized the uh your ownership of it. You've taken ownership of your your role in all of that it sounds like and yeah, which, I mean, there's no
2: victim here, right? I am responsible <laughs> yeah. for what I did uh in my place sure. in that in that dance. No doubt about it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that can be liberating for sure, but easier said than
2: done to to get there mentally. It, but, can, be. it can be. you can. You got to forgive yourself. That was the biggest thing and the longest mm-hmm. thing it took me. The hard it was the hardest path. Uh, you know, once I had forgiven her for the things she did, I had to reconcile Mm -hmm. the things I did and I had to forgive myself, uh, Mm -hmm. for the way I was and the things I did to her and what allowed her to become that person that she became, uh, because of the way I treated the relationship.
0: Yeah. uh, You
2: know, at the end of that, that was the hardest part to
0: reconcile. Got it. No, I appreciate you sharing. I know it's not you know. It sounds, it sounds like you're in a healthy place. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. We're way past that you. now. <laughs>
2: that <laughs> once upon a time that was a very tearful conversation, but that's sure. long. All
0: right. Well, well, we'll we'll see if we can get you to to cry on some. Other... No, <laughs> if I'm, you're not I'm crying, kidding. you're not crying. That's a phrase in marketing. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. So, so that was 28. I think you said is is when the divorce actually occurred. And then mm. um, walk us through the, the the next few years. How did things uh, pan out for you after that?
2: Well, I mean, I was still a bit on that destructive path. I hadn't got to that reconciliation point yet that I was just telling you about. So my pride and arrogance were still leading me uh, around quite a bit. Uh, and because of that, I, I kept pushing and pushing for new things and new things. And uh, I met a wonderful girl in that process, very level headed girl, a very different girl than the one that I had married previously, a better fit. You know, they say opposites attract, right? it uh, turns out my first wife and I were too much like each other and that created an enormous amount of conflict. Um, mm-hmm. my my wife, Katie and I are very different people now, and 17 years later that makes for a very good relationship. Uh, nice. but at the end it was, you know, a continued path of self-destruction that led to relationships that drew people towards me who were destructive. Mm. You know, they say you can attract, right? And yeah, what is attraction, sure. marketing or attraction? Well, if you're spewing negativity out in the world, you're gonna find negative people. Mm-hmm. If you're acting bad in the world, you're typically going to get in a line with bad people. It seems like common sense, yet so much of the time we look around and watch people do this, right? Well, it's uh, easier
0: to see in others than it is in ourselves, I think. Well,
2: sometimes. we're blinded, right? Our, yeah. our cognitive dissonance is kicked in and we don't want to sure. see that. We don't want to accept it. We don't want to believe it's true. And because of that, we're just going to keep operating in that space that we feel most yep. comfortable okay. in. And change is sure, hard. Sure. Okay, So I didn't want to change. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that was there and I just wanted to be... Bust past it. And I thought the best way to do that was just keep forcing forward in business. And because of that, I could not see certain things people were doing around me. I didn't want to see them and wouldn't acknowledge them. And one day uh, I had gotten myself kind of very far into a business transaction with a couple guys uh, that seemed like a very great opportunity and there's patents in it. And it was this really cool startup. And we invested a lot of time, energy and money into that. Mm. Uh, I became a little too leveraged. Uh, Mm -hmm. I walked in one day and discovered the books weren't exactly the way they were. Uh, Why am I not getting paid? Well, that sort of answers that question. Where's the money been going? I don't know if I want to know the answer to this. Uh, And the end result was a strategic uh, business bankruptcy uh, that Mm -hmm. basically uh, collapsed our financial situation uh, in order to protect us from that, but also just uh, to get out from underneath the problem we created. Uh, It was a very difficult decision. I like to own what I make mistakes Mm -hmm. on and i did make a plan to reconcile that i just had by the grace of god standing with my pregnant wife at the bottom of tulsa uh city hall it was the city hall or where it was we were down there and it was just uh, a situation that was just like you could imagine like joel versus joel versus the volcano i forgot that the other day mm. but he's living like in the basement and the, the lights mm. are of them and they're mm. blink it looked just like that just all gray mm. and fluorescent and i'm like man this sucks. And we go into this room okay, and we're having to own this decision. And just like a few weeks prior, the company showed up to repossess the car at like 10 o'clock at night and my pregnant wife is standing there crying as they take the minivan away with everything in it, like kids, car seats, toys, not the kids, excuse me, kids, car seats. (laughs) Right. Don't use commas, right. be careful. <laughs> <laughs> commas kill. Right. Um, there's so, an important
0: apost- apostrophe there. Yeah, <laughs> it's an
2: important apostrophe there. It's like, you know, like, gotta be kids' careful. car seats. for eating grandma or eating grandma.
0: <laughs> right, eat grandma.
2: <laughs> the um, Kids were not in the car seats. Uh, right. But that was the thing that led to the next steps, which was having to go in and actually face the bankruptcy judge and, and go through that process. And I remember going through these double gray doors and more fluorescent and it just opened up into this room and there was just a table 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 and every table had a judge and every judge was dealing with the bankruptcy and they were running us wow. in in waves and I was like i've never seen like you think you're wow. going to go from a judge in a courtroom and this is some sort of hollywood thing sure. no you're going into a room with a bunch of guys and gals sitting there who are determining the fate of whatever comes out of the out of that wow. financial situation and by the grace of god this gentleman who took a look at our situation saw the backstory for a moment and the summary recognized that. While we had been a little bit of a victim, we had victimized ourselves in that process, but he took mercy on us and he wiped Mm. our debt out. Mm. So he gave us an opportunity to reset, start brand new at that point and gave us a little bit of hope and opportunity that if we changed things and got on the right path, we were just given a big gift of opportunity. He didn't have to do that, but in a swipe of a pin. He took mm. care of it and said you know, see so you got a plan and you're willing to take care of this but i'm gonna get you know here's my pregnant wife and i sitting there dealing with this <laughs> and he's like <laughs> yeah, you yeah. just you know whoop, here's your here's your goal don't mess this up this is your chance
0: so just um, a couple of so what type of uh I have just a c- couple questions because i mean yeah. you know f- um getting into partnerships is a pretty critical piece and I, i've dealt with yes. partnerships that have, some have gone south as well yes. um so First off, on the business side, any lessons you could throw out there for the for the uh, listener as far as how to pick the absolutely
2: partner? part of the reason why that was easy for him to swipe the pin in that instance was that the debt was actually in the LLC that we had formed. Okay, so the LLC protection had a general liability insurance policy on it as well. To an okay, uh, so don't do business in the public world unless you're doing it in and beyond an LLC and make sure you have general liability insurance for that LLC. The LLC should own the other businesses that you're involved in, uh, and there should be a business that owns a business. If you do that, then you're basically helping to protect your assets from the separate asset that may be doing business in the world, by combining those assets. Example, um, my partner's LLC owns his 50% in Voltage, and my enterprise owns 50% in his uh, LLC, and together that LLC does business in the world. So just these okay. things were learned in True. how to protect and indemnify yourself, do business the right way, build mm-hmm. a chart of accounts and be very accountable to your you know best business practices, get a CPA, mm-hmm. go into the weeds and do the financial things and look at the negative, like uh, good to great says with Jim mm-hmm. Collins. You got to pull that rock mm-hmm. up and you got to look at those nasty things underneath it, even as hard okay. as it is, right. take that power and look at it. And I, yeah. until that point, I wasn't willing to look at some of the financial problems that we were getting ourselves into. And I could have maybe turned it around sooner if I would have been a little stronger in that.
0: Gotcha. How about as far as even picking that partner in the first place? Any lessons, lessons there?
2: Well, you know, greed um, is a very powerful emotion. Sure. And I sort of bought into the idea that this was going to be a billion-dollar company. Now, later on, as I would get past all of that and go into the world and see the other aspects of that business being replicated through major corporations, I did realize that that was a tremendous opportunity. However, it was squandered by weak minds. And you know, weak minds in the business. I ended up being a victim of a weak mind. I created a weak mind in myself, but the other gentlemen, I was not smart enough, savvy enough, and I was not willing to ask the kind of questions that would have finally led me to understand their mindsets. Yeah. They were not gotcha. as strong as they presented themselves. Mm. So the answer to that was time. Time mm. is an ally, okay? Time can you know, be sure. an ally in the, in the intent of waiting longer to determine and see the reactions of an individual, the way they do things and give it enough time sure. because you have to a very comfortable patterns. understanding of what they're doing, right? Time yeah. can also be a, a detriment to you um, because you may need that time to gain something and you can't necessarily wait the 12 or 24 months it might take you to evaluate that relationship because you might need money now or you sure. might need the business now so time can also be a, a weapon uh, can also be bad yeah. in that sense as well um sure. if you are again time can be an ally to determining whether or not, t- not those people are sincere you look around them for a while do your diligence and determine whether or not they truly have a consistent pattern of behavior across multiple points and sure. then you know trust and verify right and those were things yeah. i was not willing to do because greed got in my mind and i just said i can't miss this opportunity it's yeah, so yeah. big blah 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 you right, know yeah. it's going to be this great big next thing and yada yada and you know people look at you and roll their eyes right
0: like, <laughs> oh, yeah, <okay." laughs> now that's really good those are some really good uh, lessons you've pulled out i mean there's always going to be risk you know you can't mitigate every, every risk. ounce of risk um, but but that's really good um so now just you mentioned the business bankruptcy, but it sounded yes. like, was this a personal bankruptcy that you had to file as well? Well, you it... know,
2: LLCs are tied to yourself, right? So sure. if the business yep. goes down, your personal can go down with it. Sure. Yep. So as the business Makes had sense. to strategically remove itself from that liability, uh, it mm-hmm. removed our opportunity and income as well. Got it. And therefore, we personally suffered from it.
0: Understood. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how? So it sounds like the, the judge that you went before was, mm. um, I guess ruled in your favor in a sense and then how did things yep. go from there so once we got
2: that and we were a little bit dumbfounded <laughs> and kind of kind of came off of that moment and realizing wow what was this opportunity what did it mean mm-hmm. uh, I kind of went back to some of the core fundamentals uh, of business and and skill set that I knew I had because uh, I had to at this point sort of reinvent myself as to like what am I in business and what am I going to do sure. uh, the possibility of going and getting a job was on the table because income needed to be there But very shortly after that event, my wife got very sick. Um, And because of that, it led to a situation with a high-risk pregnancy that Mm -hmm. forced her to have to stop working. So all of a sudden, we were at zero income. So the risk just got a lot greater. And with that, dad had to take on more of the responsibilities of the household. Um, She was put on bed rest. She was considered high risk. And we were taking her to the doctor twice a week. Uh, We thought we lost the baby at one point, six months in. Thank God that did not happen. Uh, But the end result was medical conditions now trumped of life sure absolutely and then the background that we all thought was so big and everyone's so afraid the financial crap what happens if i don't have well i'll tell you what you you know you you can fall on a relative's couch and you can bounce (laughs) back but when medical issues are faced you may fall as org all of a sudden you have
0: one one wish (laughs) right all of a sudden
2: health trumps everything else so at that point i didn't have that same desire to go get a job even though i know we needed the income because all of a sudden i had little babies we had four girls uh, and they were all uh, born four and a half years. So suddenly I had all these little kids and I was a sick wife and I had to take care of her. And I had to wow. make sure that that was uh, and it was an important part of that. And, you know, the provisions came. Um, the provisions, I will say, are based on my faith. Um, and they were they came from my God and he is powerful. And he just said, you know what, you got to sit here. You got to take care of your family and let me handle this stuff. And so the money mm-hmm. just sort of showed up. Mm-hmm. I remember one month we needed eighteen hundred and fifty six dollars in change to make those month's bills and get everybody fed and take care of the lights and make everything go, mm-hmm. and I don't remember where that came from, but it was there.
0: <laughs> wow. So, and I and I certainly do, you know, believe in in uh, the the power of faith and um, as well. But but logistically speaking, how, mm-hmm. who, who did that money actually come from? Was it people from your church or family? I or, honestly I, do
2: not remember. I can't okay. tell you the details. I, I just know that it showed up, and from That's there awesome. things started to change. Uh, as the as the health situation kind of progressed to to the pregnancy, one of those things we learned was why were why was this starting to occur in her system, and how do we actually resolve it uh, mm-hmm. because of the medical issues that were there? And she was, uh, in in simple terms, she was becoming toxified by her environment. So mm-hmm. by the food, the chemicals, the dyes, and the type of food we were eating, and things they were mm-hmm. toxifying her body. And she and because of the taxing of the baby on her body it was affecting her faster than before she was pregnant, even though it was affecting her then she just didn't know it. Mm. And so that basically escalated that. So we became a process of learning about how to treat that and how to treat and discovered it was in my daughters as well as genetic, and then mm. how to treat them through that process, which has become a 15 plus year adventure, uh, in resolving that, um, mm. including moving to the country and having organic chickens and eating organic beef and keeping a very clean, Holistic diet, even down to the kind of shampoos. In fact, I created a shampoo line that my kids mm. can use uh, yeah, that is cool. non-toxic, gluten-free, dairy-free. It's got colloidal silver in it. It's on Amazon, and they can buy it. We get it, and they use it, and it helps them uh, yeah. stay detoxified. And so that okay. they get opportunities to figure out what new incomes, in. and because of that, I, I went back to media. You know, some experience in media buying online for lead generation that I had done for previous companies. Mm-hmm. And I started into the mobile lead generation side of things. I was uploading spreadsheets okay. uh, into systems. There was no you know, Facebook ads and YouTube ads, and there was no right. Instagram and TikTok. I mean, those are just all in the last 20 years, right? And <laughs> so we were uploading spreadsheets, and I was learning how to do mobile media marketing and had a number of campaigns that I figured out how to get going really well. And suddenly we were going to, you know, to 100, 200, $500, $1,000 a day in profit.
0: Yeah. And from
2: there, things started changing really fast
0: yeah and I love to d- dive into your business you know today's business in a, in a minute. um so as far as kind of getting out of it, I guess before you how did you make the decision t- um to start focusing more on income I guess was it your the your wife's health situation was was squared away and then what was that process like as far as your mindset change or your focus change
2: well, I never went away, right sure. um, priorities were obviously to take care of health and wellness first, but that got to be sure. very expensive. Extremely expensive. Um, the girls could not eat in the regular kinds of formulas. They couldn't use this the regular diapers because of skin rashes and things mm-hmm. that were sensitivity. They had to use this special formula that you know was a little fifty ounce can that went out in like two days, and then we were running mm-hmm. up with like those in three days, and all of a sudden we're spending fifteen hundred dollars a month in formula wow. alone. So I'm like, okay, this problem has to get solved. So now the business sure. has to be focused on because the medical issues have now created a need, yeah. and I've got to fill that need. How am yeah. I going to do that? Yeah. and so that was uh that makes just, a lot of
0: sense yeah, yeah. To find i mean, need filling yeah. right and 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 that's the thing with all this stuff it's it's uh and i don't mean to like gloss over it and no that that's, okay. the, <laughs> that's the risk with my podcast to be honest with you is we just almost come on for like, like two and, hours and, yeah well no, 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 that, but, but the other the flip side is we just gloss over some real you know pain mm. and, and adversity that people experience but the point i want to want to make is that it's all related, so it is. your health, your health, and medical issues are related to your finances mm-hmm. and are, are related to your relationship, you know, struggles or, or uh, upside, if you will. So, it but it's trying to navigate, you know, which one they're all related, but you can't have them all. Well, be-
2: it, they're all related because to some degree, I mean, finances we get health, and health sometimes requires finances, and so that Absolutely. becomes a circle. But yeah. the in the difference was, I changed from more of a greedy self pursuit that led to yeah. those problems and more of a, I need to, there's a need that needs filled and I'm going to fill it because it's for someone else. So sure. when purpose no, changed,
0: yeah, everything absolutely. Changed, Right. Yeah, and because and of
2: that with my back against the wall, that purpose was just now, how do I take care of the basic yeah. needs that are met here? That's all I care about at this point, right? i have no more grandiose goals. I have no big, hairy, audacious, whatever. I don't have any five-year plan. It's like, <laughs> how do I get to next month?
0: Sure. Yeah and I and I think it's that's been a common theme with uh, with my guests to be honest with you as far as people who've dealt with very challenging situations and and yeah. how did they get through that well I think probably the number one thing I I've, I've learned myself through these these episodes is eventually you got to focus on others and that really can become your purpose that's a very others. good
2: motivator right Absolutely. and that's where tena- you know, tenacity okay there's the yeah. courage to start something and a lot of people sure. have that courage But they lack the tenacity and the consistency to see it through to the end.
0: Sure.
2: And that is something that I struggle with as a if you do the disc profile, we're talking a little bit about this Mm -hmm. earlier from the Wealth Without Wall Street. What's my investor DNA or how do I look at business? And you should all go take a free disc assessment and find out exactly kind of what your personality and business profile is. I now know I'm a DI. Okay, I start things great and I'm good at influencing and moving things forward. But I've got to have that structure of someone behind me who follows in the consistencies. And my business partner for 10 years has been that person. My wife Mm -hmm. is that person. And now I have a network of very super smart people around me uh, who help keep that focused and they allow me to be me. And that purpose in those people is not what drives me forward. Hmm. Their happiness drives me forward. So there's the fun and people part of my personal thing now, right? And from that, the third part is of it's profit, right? And from that profit came opportunities to make money and money has flowed by focusing on the fun and people part of that equation first and now i have not just profit in finances but profit in people profit in life profit in relationships mm-hmm. uh, another profit that is just not financial
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great now i think it's critical critical to understand yourself like you said the disc profile is one of many you know ways you can start to right. do that but um but at some point your your drive and your purpose has to come from something yeah, much itself. bigger than yourself exactly well, absolutely so so how did the business Okay so you've got the the health situation I guess stabilized or at least improved We're figuring it
2: out absolutely Yeah
0: yeah And but you've still got you know at this point whatever what year is this when things started to kind of take off for your business So that were
2: in around 2012 2013 when I sort okay. of took that initial mobile stuff I was doing in the years past and I was working with some e-commerce companies which was part of the transition and so I'm now doing buying for e-com and all of a sudden it strikes me one day I should be building my own brand Like they're not doing anything at the last mile here that I couldn't do. So why am I not taking it from lead and acquisition through to the end? And in that process of due diligence, because at that point, it was set up employees, set up a warehouse, set up a product, set up a lot of other logistics that make that more complicated than I even knew how to do yet. uh, And was figuring that out. And someone said, hey, you should see what Amazon just did. And I'm like, what did they just do? And I was like, well, just a few years ago, they brought a company um, and they have called it now Amazon FBA fulfilled by Amazon. I'm like, well, what is that? If it again, if it's eBay, I want nothing to do with it because that was all like <laughs> right. garage sale shipping all this stuff yourself. I'm not cool with that. I'm like, no, 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 you send your product to Amazon and they put it in their warehouse and they deliver it to the customers in like two days. And all you need to focus on is like the business and the product and logistics and marketing. I'm like, well, dang, I can do that. Right. Let's, <laughs> let's figure that out. So I started flipping products on Amazon first to see how that would work. Cause to me, it was just another traffic source. At this point it was people buying product and they weren't just buying mm-hmm. books anymore they were buying all kinds of stuff that was what mm-hmm. opened up for amazon they went yeah. from just books to all kinds of products all of a sudden so this is cool yeah. so it's very you know two-lane highway at this point um and not not what we know it is today and so i sure. just got into flipping products on amazon to start and i started to realize wow, this is fun i can make good profit at it i want more products so all of a sudden it was like i could see this working bigger and bigger uh and then discovered private label I'd never okay. private labeled a branded product before of my own. And that oh, so was discovered in that process. Can you
0: explain what that is for our listener?
2: Yeah. So there's uh, you know, the wholesale FBA side, you may be familiar with that, which is basically taking someone else's products and flipping it through Amazon. There's drop sure. shipping, which is getting a product that's pre-made already. And then just you know getting the difference in the purchase of that product and sending it to somebody. And then there's white label, which is a product that's already been manufactured but it's ready for you to slap your logo on it and send it to somebody so it sort of looks like you. And then there's private label. And the biggest difference is customization. So a private label product can be customized. We can innovate that product, make it unique, make it our own IP, trademark it, and go even as far as patent pending later on if necessary. And that product becomes part of our IP, becomes part of our brand, okay? Mm -hmm. It is our Taco Bell to Taco Dial, whatever the other place is, (laughs) Like, like Burger King to McDonald's, that's a better analogy. It's like CVS to Walmart. You have a brand that competes with other brands and we have a customized branded product that goes in the market. That created more of an organic, continued buyer habit, emotional connectivity to those products than the previous ones were just bought on um, the current need or that emotional status. In that moment, they weren't really brand driven. But once I learned the difference in private label with brand driven affinity, all of a sudden the organic and upside potential of the business goes through the roof. Uh, You know, most of us are brand driven. We just don't necessarily want to admit it, but I can make people <laughs> fight on this call right now asking you who loves Android and who loves iPhone. Yeah. And all yeah. of a sudden you're going to be arguing with each other. <laughs> absolutely. Because like it or so, not, we're brand driven.
0: Absolutely. So um now I guess to for how important is Amazon to your business right now? I mean, yeah. in other words, you know, if Amazon goes out of business tomorrow, highly unlikely, but uh mm-hmm. or if they change their rules, which I know they do sometimes, how does what does that how does that affect your business?
2: Not as dramatically now as it used to in the past, uh, Amazon's created uh, more brand affinity and brand connectivity and brand driven aspects of their business now to support other brand owners and are moving very fast away from anything, arbitrage, dropshipping, wholesale, etc. So if you're in line with them, a business, if you're a brand registered company and you move to a certain level of business, they assign us brand reps, they assign us account reps. So the risk of Amazon is considerably lower in the way that we do the business model, okay? The other business models are extremely risky and usually outside of their terms of service. So Amazon is a big component of the first stage of business when we launch a first product. We take it to market on Amazon. It's 38% of the market share, $630 million a day in sales. It is buyer purchase intent. It's one of the number one things all e-commerce sellers are trying to get, even if they're over on a storefront like Shopify trying to run Facebook ads on it. They're trying to get somebody to buy their product. Well, Amazon has that buyer traffic already, so I go there first. Mm-hmm. And I approve the product and concept in that market first. When I do it, I'm looking for mass market appeal. Amazon is like the new as seen on TV, because if it's on Amazon and it's being seen, there's typically a woman 27 plus who's clicking add to cart two to three times a week to the tune of about $1,000 a year in purchasing power on Prime members. I want to take advantage of that. Because sure. that's, I want it $1,000 a year and each person to come to me and my brands instead of somebody else's. So Amazon yeah. creates that opportunity, but we have multiple channels. We have businesses that are on Shopify uh, and running, you know, the w- regular commerce, if you will, uh, traditional mm-hmm. website commerce, but they always cross over to Amazon. Okay. And Amazon should cross over to the other website. It's multiple channels, very important for risk and management, mm-hmm. as well as the uh, a connectivity of the emotional people who get on and may look at it and say, well, I saw your Facebook ad, et cetera, over here, but then I'm gonna go on Amazon real quick and make sure that I find you or to see if you're legitimate. Mm-hmm. I okay, see Amazon yeah. now is like the old days of brochure websites to determine whether or not the business is legit. If you're selling a sure. physical product and I can't find you on mm-hmm. Amazon, I'm most likely I'm going to buy it from somebody on Amazon because I trust it and I know the return policy. But yeah. if I bought it from your website, I don't know a lot about you yeah. uh, and Absolutely. I'm taking a little bit more risk. So both of those channels uh, and multiple channels should be involved in the business. Uh, if you're really going to build it as a business.
0: Got it. Um, so my daughter has been uh, following these Air Jordans when, when they drop. And then she, she, <laughs> I came to her and I said, all right, she she wanted a pair herself. And I said, all right, all right. I'm going to fund your next purchase. Okay. If you can sell the, sell this pair of sneakers for a profit. And so nice. she did. Um, she bought, I mean, these things like they, they it's done and they, they're sold out in 20 minutes, you know. Wow. Um, so we remember, both were yeah. actually. Yeah, so so she bought this pair of Air Jordans, put it on sneakers.com and made, I don't know, 30 bucks or something. That's um, big money for a little girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Within, you know, a day. Um, wow. So it was pretty good. So trying to take it to the, to the next level so you and I might have to talk offline. You can. Oh man, absolutely. See, I'm actually ideas.
2: starting a, an intro to entrepreneurship course tomorrow okay. for oh, nice. a local co-op uh, homeschool group where I'll be teaching them the beginners basics of entrepreneurship and business and fundamentals. E-commerce will be one of those legs. Uh, and there's about eight people signed up for that right now. Uh, yeah. 14 up. And so we're going to teach them the basics of business and arbitrage is gonna be one of the things they can learn about. My 14 year old has done that as well. Uh, taking products and flipped them for money, and it's like, hey, yeah. wow, I want to do this some more, right? Yeah. Teaching her the fundamentals of business.
0: Well, that, that's exactly it. Cause I gave her the option. I said, well, and if you want to, you know, then buy your own pair of sneakers, that's fine to keep. But she's, uh, she hasn't done that yet. Cause she got, she, she I think she has the itch now. She really looking for that can,
2: next pair of Jordans to go grab, huh?
0: Exactly. It's repeatable. So, yeah, it is. Um, so that's awesome. So, what is your, Kind of I guess walk us through maybe just a day in the life of Neil tois what is what does it look like for you today? How much time do you spend on your your own e-commerce business versus your coaching or what does it look like today for you
2: yeah so we do have multiple e-commerce companies both on Amazon and off as I mentioned but I have an operations team now so I really don't spend any time in those details anymore I spend I'm in you know on the business but not in the details so I keep up with what's happening uh, in those divisions and make sure everything is going great but I'm not in the operator status anymore so that only takes me maybe one to three hours a week now. Uh, because it's completely operational. So at that point, I'm out evangelizing, talking, going to network events like I did in Alabama recently, doing Mm -hmm. podcasts like this and overarchingly seeing the the movement of voltage holdings forward. Uh, That includes the other divisions we do as well as the solar trailer side, and we're looking at even building up a new mini fund this year. Mm -hmm. uh, With the guys at Wealth Without Wall Street, that will Mm -hmm. potentially be a buyer acquisition firm uh, that is going to go out and purchase companies for passive income for those who get involved in it. So we're looking nice. at that division. So we're working on that as well. So the day in the life of Neil right now is business discussion, deals, um, think forward thinking, being the CEO, yeah. uh, making sure I can try to avoid icebergs uh, <laughs> out there right. in the ocean, and just trying to help direct the entire company forward as a as a leader.
0: Which it sounds like plays right into your your own, your God given strengths and skill set, right? I mean, it it sounds, you you already said you're not the best operator. I mean, you okay. already <laughs> it's not where your strength That's and interest lies.
2: Super smart operators around me.
0: Yeah, so how did you do that? I mean, how did you what, how did you approach building that team? Well, I
2: initially trained some of them up, right? And I trained yeah. uh, alongside of my partner. He is more of the um, traditional MBA, speaks two languages, corporate. You know, he never been in corporate, but he was in the business side of the world and learned how to build companies through the operational component. So mm-hmm. he's very much the opposite of me. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he doesn't understand all the marketing and communications and things that I do or have to do at that level I'm operating the company. So he's yeah. just like, you handle that and I trust you to do all that. And I trust him 100% to do the rest. And together, you know, one, each of us create one person and uh, one mind, if you will, sure. uh, in that. And so learning to give him that space or to teach him the things about what I know, and he's helped uh, me structure certain things about the finance and operations that I didn't know uh, has mm-hmm. been a very great uh, learning and uh, opportunity to grow together for the last 10 years, which has been extremely important. So I've trained myself and trained operators and been trained by them So each of the people that run those different divisions were trained up by us together, Mm -hmm. and then they become operators in that. Typically, they're already um, moving companies themselves uh, in terms of uh, Amazon. So they're very smart about what we do in those areas of business um, Mm -hmm. or direct-to-consumer. We have a partnership in there as well, who's a very strong direct-to-consumer channel marketer, and we work with them as well. They're operators. So
0: how did you overcome the fear? I, I presume was there from, you know, from the partnership that went south? How did yes. you? Why didn't you just say I'm never having a partnership again? And I'm, I'm only working for, for my and with myself. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It really gets down to how you structure it. So each of our individual operating entities is a disregarded entity under our enterprise. And because of that, we are indemnified by whatever implodes in that LLC. Should that partner not operate correctly, and we cannot remove them and/or place a new operator in, or the business itself is just not viable for whatever reason, or something goes wrong with it, um, we have the opportunity to just simply detach that LLC from the main mm-hmm. enterprise and not jeopardize the overall operation.
0: Got it. Okay. And if
2: it does well, then we give them other chances to operate other entities.
0: Got it. So mm-hmm. how? big high level as far as you know you were you were at rock bottom. I mean you went through some crazy adversity uh, on all three fronts um, at this point, what what do things look like for you and your family personally? Um, you know you don't have to give us exact numbers per se, but how does a business treat how has it treated you financially?
2: Extremely well. It's one of the reasons why I was at the wealth conference learning about some new things in terms of uh, wealth building, you know becoming my own banker. Uh, yeah. And diversifying in other areas, maybe real estate, et cetera, on more of the land flipping side and looking at other opportunities mm-hmm. to grow that. Getting smarter mm-hmm. about taxation and taxation mm-hmm. structures uh, uh, and ways to you know play by the rules. But you still have opportunities yeah. to, to reduce taxation. So I've got some new relationships there, which are cool, um, which yeah. has been fun. And that's given me a, a lot easier ability to keep more of my capital, which turns goes right back into the markets and products and people that power our economy, which is a blessing, not just to me and my family, but my others. And so this year, because we we're getting to the size that we need to, you know, those are things we're working on this year. Um, we operate as a family unit. We homeschool our girls. Uh, I'm home here every day. We get to go to co-ops and do things together. Like I said, tomorrow I'm teaching that co-op class for the next 14 weeks, which is going to be fun. So I get to be there. And my daughters are going to be a part of that, uh, and so I just get to do life very differently now um, because I chose to choose a lifestyle-driven business model that allowed me to keep that fun, people, and profit priority in the right order. And that's
0: actually how we touch went. on that because I do have some rapid-fire questions. We'll I'll throw at you, but okay. touch on that real quickly. Um, you know because I I'm an entrepreneur I have several different businesses that I run myself and it's very easy to just keep working all the time I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> sure and that's guy and, yeah yeah but, or, but or you people I the, say. how do you have things how do you have that structured as far how do you stop yourself from doing that you've already touched on it some but from a kind of a day-to-day you know yeah. personal level for the entrepreneur out there how can they structure their their week to make sure they don't go overboard and and uh, don't over overwork themselves.
2: I don't take calls unless I absolutely need to. If there's a justifiable reason for that call, I will take it if it has an email or audio or a loom capability, I'll do that Mm -hmm. instead. Yeah, that gives me the opportunity to be more mobile, right? I use my mobile device a lot more. Uh, I try to balance that too, because I don't always want my children seeing the mobile device in my hand. But at the same time, they also see that as a tool the same way I'd be swinging a hammer if I was building a house. We we address that in terms of mindset, and we address that in terms of the tools, and whether or not I can actually set it down, if needed. And the answer is I can. Uh, And so what I do is remind myself that I can, and give Mm -hmm. myself permission to step away from the business. Right. And I know that sounds weird, but when you think about it, (laughs) you have to give yourself permission to say it's okay that for the next two hours I'm not involved in any business activities today. Why? Yeah. Because I can.
0: The, the truth is, it's. I mean, if you, do, if you don't set that boundary, it's never ending. There's no, the work is never done. It can't. Uh, and you
2: know what? If you have a calendar and you need to schedule things because that works well for your profile, your mind, then yeah. literally mark it an hour that says go play with the kids or an hour that says go have coffee with the wife or an hour that says, I mean, schedule it and be intent. 21 days to a habit doesn't mean you're going to do it all the time it just means when you start to build that habit of giving yourself permission and actually putting it down as a time like the way you would do with any call or this podcast and yeah. the next step is to actually be actionable on it take yeah. that and execute on it and then you right. start to free yourself up from you know trading time for money because that's all you're right. doing anyways
0: yeah. no absolutely if you look at someone's calendar or, or your, and your their checkbook their bank account transactions, you can essentially see what their priorities are, whether they've been intentional about Man. it or not. Um, that's that's exactly... Learning that what is they so, say. Big,
2: <laughs> so big because then you start to realize, well, I can actually make more with less. Yeah, that's Life awesome. can be valued very differently. And it seems very odd to be on this side of it now, but mm-hmm. trying to remember what it was to be on the other side. Sure. Right. And, and so trying to keep that as a real, you know, viable emotion that's still alive in me helps me to create balance in it. Sure, so, sure. you know, that's part of the reason why I'm okay talking about it is because yeah, that yeah. it creates balance and memories are there. So the history does not repeat itself.
0: No, oh, that's really good. Um, I'm going to fire off a few rapid fire questions okay. and then we'll talk about your, a uh, little bit more about your business today. I like the green M&Ms. of that going off. off. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess got that's, it. Nailed it. Uh, I guess we can end the, end the show then. We're done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's one thing that people misunderstand about you?
2: They think that I'm too aggressive or mean or not as personable as maybe they think I should be.
0: Okay, I, I can under, I can relate to that. I'm six um, foot five,
2: so I'm also not physically
0: your Im- imposing a little bit. <laughs> I shouldn't say a little bit because then when I meet you, uh, you know, <laughs> then,
2: then I, then I. we'll see. Um,
0: <laughs> if you could go back and you are, you already threw this one at us already. But if you mm. could give your 18 year old self some advice, right. what would it be?
2: Stay the course, man. Don't change a thing.
0: Nice. I love it. Because you've you've grown, you've taken lessons from your adversity and you've applied them and you're a better person because you went through all of that.
2: What what would I change today? People would say, Well, you'd want more money. Well, no, and that's not really the point. Again, you have to look at profit is more than just financial, right? Sure, sure. The, the same for a lot of is health is wealth, right? And you have to understand the values in different things at different times and how to reprioritize those. So no, I would say don't change that. You need those things. You are not going to mature without them.
0: Hmm. That's great. If you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would it be?
2: Any historical figure have coffee? Oh, wow. They could, be,
0: they could still be alive today or, or not. And It doesn't have to be your favorite person ever.
2: You know, it would be my uncle.
0: Okay. Why is it it, that? He's
2: the he's the quote-unquote rich dad in my rich dad-poor-dad story. Um, my dad uh, was a hardworking man, still is, 80 years old, lives just up the hill. We can literally go run up the dirt path and mm-hmm. see my parents that live on the hill on our property. Uh, cool. But the end result is is that um, uh, he was more of an entrepreneur. He had a boat company. He got involved in a lot of uh, uh, opportunities later on in money and business and gave me the opportunity to see things very differently about finances and money and started setting me on that path long ago uh, to understand better the things I know now that I didn't understand when he showed me then. With my dad, who's very strong, blue collar worker, et cetera,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, money was a four letter word in our house. We yeah. didn't say it. Yeah. So
0: what's your view on entrepreneurship across? Should should everyone be an entrepreneur? Should everyone have a side hustle? Or is it not for everyone? How do you view that?
2: No, not Not everyone is an entrepreneur.
0: I would agree. doesn't mean you
2: can't be entrepreneurial in a business Uh that may be led by an entrepreneur. Again, if you know your profile and you know what works well, you know how to be okay in your space. Confident in what you do and where you are. And that doesn't always mean you're the leader who's going to take the arrows going up the hill first. That is not the sexiest position. Sometimes it's okay to be number two. All right. In that case, you're taking less arrows. So, no, Mm -hmm. I don't. And I think that uh, not everybody uh, is in the right mindset for the risk that it requires. uh, That most people think comes very easy to some of us. And it actually comes from a lot of school of hard knocks lessons.
0: So speaking of uh, lessons learned in business, what what's one thing that's surprised you you wouldn't have thought of 10 years ago uh, that you've learned from business?
2: One of the things in business that surprises me is the amount of different ways you can actually make money in today's world. Hmm. And how many people are still complaining that they can't find a way to make money when there <laughs> are so many opportunities. It's probably more analysis paralysis than anything else. Sure. I keep yeah. every once in a while I get people to come and they're like, well, I'm doing this and here's how I make my money and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, I never thought of that. Like, good for <laughs> you. Like, that's amazing. And I'm not talking yeah. about OnlyFans, just so we're clear. And I'm not talking about selling feet <laughs> right. pics on the Internet because I suppose that's entrepreneurial too. But right, right. Um, with the Internet has come the opportunity to create all kinds of income opportunities. That doesn't mean you have to be entrepreneurial. It means you may have something in the side hustle or hobby business, but I would always caution against that from a true business perspective. That mm-hmm. is actually a limiting mindset belief. Maybe people don't okay. understand it, but let me explain. Yeah, if you go yeah, and you yeah, say, that. this is a side hustle, I'm gonna, I need to make X amount uh, to make this, this thing occur or whatever I'm trying to do with that money, and then I'm only gonna be able to set aside like one hour a day or a week to do that, you already created limiting mindset beliefs. The entrepreneurial or the person who recognizes business would say, I will do whatever it takes. I will mm-hmm. stay up to whenever it takes. I will make mm-hmm. that happen no matter what it takes. I will mm-hmm. get this done. I am in an abundance mindset now, and I recognize scarcity very different. It hit me very hard when I got out of the W2 situation at IBM and I left to become a freelance management consultant and start my own management consulting firm right out of the first five years of my entrepreneurial life. All I recognized is that when I went to those first contracts and I shot the moon and I said, sure, 250 bucks an hour, I'll come back and do this. IBM said at that point, sure, go ahead, let's do this. So I went from a W2 employee to like less than 18 months later, making $250 an hour Mm -hmm. on their billables. But all I was doing was trading time for money and more money sure. in a nicer glass right. house, right? Right. And so it took yeah. a long time to recognize the differences in that, in scarcity and abundance, and realize how sneaky it is. So now, if you're going to do business, you need to do business as a business.
0: Yeah. Do not uh, treat it
2: as a side hustle or a hobby. Right. Already, you're creating scarcity and limiting beliefs, and you're yeah, going right. to set up right. yourself for for opportunities. So, me, I,
0: I think of the uh, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant. Essentially, if you take that. T- trading time for money as a as in a business, uh, you're essentially in that self-employed quadrant still, which yeah. is not the same as actually running a business. You just right. traded, you're working for yourself, yes, but you just, you have another job that you're probably working 20 to 40% more <laughs> than you were as a W-2. It's
2: another opportunity with different leashes and different <laughs> masters. Yeah,
0: it's a great way of saying it. Um, let's talk about your your current business and the opportunities that you have for people out there.
2: So currently, we are involved in the launching and growing of e-commerce companies. We focus predominantly starting with the Amazon FBA channel for private label companies to start up. Our goal is to build that what we call the platinum principle, uh, which is that is a cash flow business that can exit for a greater amounts than any time during the business building phase. So for that reason, we build a structure of a business with the exit in mind. So we launch products into e-com. We start with Amazon, and then from Amazon we move into multiple channels, and then eventually we exit that business. Okay. Predominantly focused on that for ourselves. We have a small coaching and mastermind group that also participates called our business builders. I'm typically looking at around five people a month that join that. Not a lot. And I'm very choosy about who gets involved. Don't have a sales team. Everyone talks to me. It's an application process. I want to qualify the right people in my network. From there, you know, network is net worth. So my uncles taught me long ago, it's who you know that gets you in and it's what you know that keeps you there. So getting involved with that community of people who are building as well is an opportunity for those who uh, will qualify for those positions. And then we help them build companies. Uh, We work with them. We have done for you components of working with them, but we keep them at 100% ownership in that company. And then we help them exit that business later on by teaching them how to do the whole business model and then showing them how to replicate it. So So what's
0: what's the uh, specific profile or avatar of the ideal person you work with?
2: So Ideally, they typically balance between a D and a C um, in terms of personality and disc because they can start it, but they also have the consistency to keep it going. Uh, mm-hmm. That is a little bit of a unique hybrid in the people, so a lot of times they bring someone with them who fits that opposite profile. Could be, mm-hmm. we got a lot of couples in here. We've got couples working with children who are helping them grow their businesses. We've got uh, individual entrepreneurs and in their in their partners of years coming in and working together because they know their strengths and weaknesses. And Sometimes we have people who come in as solopreneurs, That hedge on our uh, strengths and weaknesses and to help them in reverse uh, overcome any challenges of consistency and mindset they may not have as we coach and mentor them and move them into advisory roles. So, that person is typically more conservative because that kind of fits with the nature of business. They are more, Mm -hmm. uh, they've been married for quite a long time. They typically understand Mm -hmm. the capitalization requirements of business. They know they might lack knowledge in certain areas. And, like me, if I'm going to go start doing land flipping, I'm going to pay the coach who does land flipping and Mm -hmm. help him teach me how to do it. Because sure. I'm not going to waste time trying to figure that all on my own. Yeah. Uh, and so they understand the value of education and knowledge in the world, um, not necessarily institutional knowledge, but knowledge by uh, association, uh, which would be working with a mentor and somebody who's going to teach you how to do this. Uh, and they're typically those who are looking for other types of income streams. Amazon can be passive later on, it's not passive mm-hmm. to start it up. It can create what I call almost automated income. So if you think mm-hmm. working 10 to 15 hours a week in your business, but maintaining a multi seven figure business, uh with very strong profits is good and i mean 18 to 25% net profit then that's the kind of model e-commerce can provide for you it can mm-hmm. provide a lifestyle driven business like i've shown and then you can replicate that operator by operator channel by channel so you're not limited to the growth and opportunity once you set the first foundation in place that's awesome so those folks usually understand all that they get it they're mm-hmm. they've been looking for it maybe they've been riding around for a year or two or three Bouncing off all the courses and make money gurus and <laughs> the done for you scams of uh, you know auto shipping and Walmart automation and stuff and all this nonsense because it doesn't sound right to their ears and then they recognize when they understand someone else is speaking business language and they recognize we're we're building businesses with intrinsic value
0: yeah, I love it um, that's fantastic a um, couple more questions here before we wrap up what is a book a book or two that you could recommend for my audience so there
2: are books that help challenge me in life. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with the obvious one for me personally. And there's a lot mm-hmm. to learn from the Bible if you study sure. and go through it. Many lessons about life and finances, and even raising your kids from the yeah. world side. Um, if you look at like "feel the fear and do it anyways," that's a mantra I've literally set in my life by Susan Jeffries. Okay. Um, there, most of the principles she extols are very good for just reminding yourself that you are going to have fear in life and business, but you should probably do it anyways to get over that feel and fear and expand your thing, right? And then the question behind that she asks is, what's the worst that can happen? Well, I faced it. And some (laughs) of you are afraid of it and you're not willing to push that risk because you're afraid of the outcome. But I'm telling you, there's worse things that can happen. You can do anything you need to up to in death. (laughs) So you got to get out there and make it happen. And the final book is good to great. I know it sounds like an old and a little bit of a cliche, but Jim Collins really nailed it. Even if 20% Mm -hmm. of the data is now outdated, the principles lined in that book of determining where you are in business. I'm a hedgehog. Okay. And if you read the book, you'll understand what what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. but the end result is when I get into something and I put my teeth on it, I'm not going to let go and I'm Mm -hmm. going to do it with everything possible. That's both a positive and a negative for me. Mm -hmm. If I don't have a good support community or base of people I trust around me, I'll end up like that guy who crashed the business. But I also need to be that guy because that is intrinsically who I am and the people Mm -hmm. around me now understand that and they know that if they let me go, but they also help me stay within balance, everyone gains the opportunity. And so we work well in that way. But I'm at Hedgehog, Good to Great by Jim Collins. It's a great study in business.
0: That's great. That's three very good uh, recommendations there. I guess the Bible is what, 66? So actually um, 68 books you just recommended. 68, by- <laughs> <laughs> 68 <laughs> um, books of reading?
2: That'll take you through the next few years. <laughs>
0: yeah, That was uh, an efficient way of recommending that many books. No doubt. So um, looking back, just at all the adversity you've faced, I know you said sure. you've you uh, you wouldn't trade it in hmm. and do it over again. But what's one or two just high-level lessons learned uh, that the listener can take away? Surround yourself with the right people,
2: and life gets a lot easier. If they don't oh. sound right, if you're more positive and they sound more negative, you might need to distance yourself a little bit. If you see people that are positive, they may be doing masking activity with productivity, so be careful to balance that out as well. So there's a median level of life where you try to find balance in between. Don't be so extreme. Okay. Try to find a balance that allows you to work within the different types of personalities, and gives but gives you the freedom to be you. That's a huge life lesson. It's been for me anyways.
0: That's great. That's really, really good. Neil. Um, Anything else you want to drop? Any other info? Where can our listeners find you online?
2: Sure. I mean, you can Google me. I encourage yeah. it. Neil Twa, you're going to find me uh, probably, I think there's a small Asian guy out there and with a similar name to me or around it. and you are going to find the, you know, the airline that used to be uh, in business until it got bought. So I encourage you, you can find me at voltagedm.com as well, voltagedmdigitalmedia.com. Uh, there's a free podcast on there. I've got a podcast, High Voltage Business Builders Podcast. You can check that out on Spotify and Apple. Uh, as well, and listen to some of the case study success and other people in the, I consider to be high uh, business builders, high voltage. And then um, you can hit me on any of the social media networks out there too.
0: Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you so much, Neil. This has been really good. I I really enjoyed our conversation. I'm happy to, uh, hopefully get to know you better over the next uh, few months and um, to our listener out there. feel free to reach out to Neil. We recommend it. And thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us with, with us and Neil. And that is your time. Thanks, everyone. Take care.
1: Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. And we'll catch you in the next episode.
0: Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation, available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.